Episode 9, From Death to Life. In this episode, John shares what it was like growing up with divorced parents, drugs, and his personal journey of life and redemption. Check out Confessions of Us on your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Also, share Confessions of Us with the people you love. We want to bring as many people as we can on this journey. Thanks for listening. This is John. This is Lindsay. And this is Confessions of Us. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. This is the earliest we've ever recorded. Yep, it's good. Kids are watching a TV, <laughs> a TV show, show and our daughter, other daughter sleeping. So we're, yeah, we're we good. Could, we couldn't find our baby monitor. So I have my, <laughs> fo- my phone set up uh, and I video chatted Lindsay so we could watch the kids. We do some ghetto stuff over here. You got to make, you got to make it work. You got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's a busy week. Crazy busy week. We're going to Arizona for Memorial Day. Yes, we are. We're going to so, go see family. Yeah. So we've been scrambling, trying to get everything done. Everybody knows how that is, right? Trying to go on a trip, trying to do all the last minute things, trying to record a podcast. This is our our kiddos' first long road trip. Oh my God. We it's, normally fly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But it's good because we're breaking it up with an overnight stay. Yeah. So. We have to. I, I think Siobhan will do okay. I think so. I don't know. She'll probably cry a lot. She gets... She gets antsy after about an hour or two in the car, so. I hope as she falls asleep. <laughs> Hopefully. Watch, watch a show, something. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can tape our phone to the back of the seat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Talk about being ghetto, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Heck, yeah. I mean, if it keeps her somewhat calm. I know. It's be a long ride. I agree. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's all right. We'll pray. We'll pray that it is supernaturally great. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Hopefully. I it always, will be. It'll be great. I always say that, but you never know. It'll be great. It'll Not be worried. Great. It'll be great. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. So today we ooh. get to talk about Jono's story. Jono, mm-hmm. that's me. That's you. My story mm-hmm. is an interesting one. It's, oh gosh. We're having all sorts of issues right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just part right. of the goodness of the show. Um, oh, my story. Um, Here, it's very different than mine. Yeah, it's very, very, very different. I had a very different upbringing, very different life than Lindsay. So hopefully. But that's what makes us so great. Yeah. Because ho- we have. Hopefully this is, uh, somebody gets some entertainment out of this. Yeah. And I was thinking that, I think this is the last episode of the intro series. It's pretty exciting. Of who we are. It's been great. So then we get to dive into all sorts of interesting topics. Which you guys need to recommend. Yes. (laughs) So I think the next couple episodes, we're going to, uh, we're debating on talking about debt. Mm -hmm. We're debating and talking about pornography, um, marriage, you know, stuff like that. So if you have a question about marriage or any of those topics, send it to us. Yeah, absolutely. We just want to be real and honest with you guys. And so um, any any way that we can do that, maybe better or just add value to it from you guys, that would be so great to hear from you. Yeah, we're an open book. So send us your questions. Yeah. You can DM us on social media or email us at confessionsofuspodcast at gmail.com. Ty. All right, John. Where do you want to start? I want you to tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. And um, like from birth, like from out of the womb. No, (laughs) no, 
just, you know, grown up. And um, I also want to hear some memorial, memorial, <laughs> memorable moments that you have from growing up. Just some, mm. some positive, mm. fun memories. Oh, geez. Where to start? Yeah. So, uh, so I have three sisters and one brother. Mm-hmm. I am the only child between my mom and my dad, though. Okay, pause that. So when I first met John, and he would tell me he's the only, the only kid from his mom and his dad, I was like, "What are you talking about?" That's so weird. Yeah, and then I, I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I get it now." <laughs> it made more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm the only kid between my mom and my dad. Uh, they got divorced when I was pretty young, probably about three, and. They got remarried to other people. So my dad has um, two other girls um, with uh, some other people. And my mom has another boy and another daughter with uh, my stepdad. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I had, uh, you know, I had times when I was the only child. I had the times when there was a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. You know, my dad has been married um, a handful of times. So he's, you know... Um, there's been different people in, in our life about that. And we'll touch on that later, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So when I was really young, I don't really have a ton of memories. Mm-hmm. We lived in Arizona yeah. when I was real little. Uh, my dad worked for Smith's. Oh. He was a, he was a bakery manager down in Tucson. So when I was real little, we lived there. They split up. My mom moved back to Utah. Uh, a lot of my family was in a small town here in Utah. What's that small town? Called Tooele. Tooele. Not Tule. I used to, I used to spell it Tule. Tule. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, yeah. And then my mom and my stepdad got together and moved to California. Mm. So, so, yeah, I mean, before that, I don't really have a ton of memories. Yeah. Cause you, um, well, you just bounced back from, is that what you're saying? You bounced back from California to Arizona? I mean, yeah, I was, I was all over the place. So I mainly lived in Arizona, Utah, and California. Oh. Those three states, my well, whole Well, they're life. all pretty close together. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, and I lived in all three of them at different times in my life, which is funny, uh, which I'm actually just now thinking about that. So, so yeah, so I kind of had an interesting upbringing. Um, you know, some of my first memories are with, you know, my little sister, mm-hmm. who is probably who I'm closest with, her and my younger brother. Um, I have an older sister who I've actually only met like once or twice my whole life. And where, where is she at? She actually lives here in Utah. Oh, she does? Yeah. Um, but she's got some struggles of her own, so mm-hmm. uh, we just don't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my other sister lives in Arizona. She's, gosh, what is she, like 23, 24? I think mm-hmm. she's in college down there in Phoenix. Okay. So, and uh, I mean, there was a time when I lived with my dad that I did grow up with her some. But mainly, yeah, mainly my sister and brother here in Utah. So, and so what, what are your relationships like with your siblings? I mean, even though they're, they're yeah. So, I mean, I kind of just touched on it. So, uh, I'm mainly closer to my sister and my brother from my mom's side. Um, I've had the most interactions with them, have the most time with them. Um, I'm closest with them. So my, my closest sibling is, probably about five years younger than me. And my mm. brother is like 10, yeah. 12, something like that years younger mm. than me. So, uh, but our relationship has gotten better as we've gotten older. So that's been really nice. Spent more time together. Yeah. Like when he was younger, I was off, you know, doing my own thing. I was a stupid high school student. Um, <laughs> I was a punk in high school. And then I went to college 
you know, then I was just gone for a long time, mm. uh, probably about 10 years yeah. before I came back to, uh, to Utah. So, so yeah. So, and we'll touch on all that. Well, I haven't known you without Tim and Liz. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, you know, our relationship has always been with them in our lives and they're just, they're awesome. And they just love you. They look up to you. Mm. They really just value their time with you. So that's mm. really, really awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so from there, so my, mm. my mom, my stepdad got together, they moved to California Okay. and, uh, you know, then obviously you had my sister, Liz. So a lot of my younger memories are with her. Mm. You know, I remember one time she, I, I was into all sorts of crafts with my mom when I was younger and I had a stamp collection, like oh. a rubber stamp. Oh, nice. Like and the ones I have. Yeah. yeah like you'd <laughs> put an in ink and then put on paper. Did not know that. Guys. Yeah. And, uh, and then I remember her destroying some of them cause she was little and, uh, it sent me all into a tissy. So mm. Yeah. No. Is that is that when you uh, tried to spit in her face? Is that that moment? No. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell tell them about that. That's a good moment. Let's touch on that later. Oh, geez. Okay. Let's touch on that later. I'm kind of throwing you under the bus right now. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Then uh, went to California, and unfortunately, around that time, um, my my mom, and my stepdad got into drugs. Well, how old were you at that time? Oh gosh, I don't even remember. Probably pretty early, mm-hmm. probably like five ish. Well, it's a it's early enough where you remember. Yeah, because they did. Um, so they did a form of meth called crank, mm. and they probably did that about ten years or so, I think. Um, mm. And they were clean by the time I went to go uh, live with them, and um, back in, so I went to live with them around high school and we'll touch on that. But so they were clean by then. So I was about 14, obviously then. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time. I mean, obviously when you're little, you don't realize, you know, the journey or the struggle they're going through. Mm -hmm. So my stepdad had, uh, his mom, which I touched on her on our mother's day episode. You did. So go listen to that. Her name Mm -hmm. was Adele and she was in a wheelchair. But she helped raise me. Mm. She helped raise my sister and I. Uh, obviously, she looked after us. My parents were working or doing their escapades or whatever they were doing yeah. um, with their journey. But, I mean, I give them a lot of credit because they were they were functioning addicts, mm. you know. And I kind of touched on this again in that Mother's Day episode. Make sure to listen. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, they held jobs the whole time. You know, we had a place to live the whole time. Um, you know, we were very... They at least held it together that much. Mm, I'll give them that. Wow. So um, it could have been a whole lot worse. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, and when you're little, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the hell's going on. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I was pretty close with my my grandma at the time. She, you know, she poured into me. Like I said, she was just such an amazing woman. And on top of that, I helped her raise my little sister. You know, she's wow. in a wheelchair. So mm. oh. I'd go out and wrangle my little sister. You know, <laughs> she was a little... She was an interesting little kid. She was like, <laughs> looks like she grew up in the wild, running oh. around with no shoes on all the time, which a lot of little kids do. But ran around. I remember, she, I remember she had this little bike, and uh, this little pink bike that she would ride like like a bat out of hell. And her, she had crazy blonde hair when she was little, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good times. So, mm. um, but yeah, so I was there till about second grade, and then I was just in and out of trouble. Mm. Not like some trouble was worse. Yeah. You know, um, but one of the big things that I did was I almost burned down our apartment building. 
Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that, John. So I, uh, so I was about second grade or going into second grade. And um, our apartment building used to have this big old dry brush bush in front of it. Back by like where the carports were, where okay. people parked their cars. And uh, there was an old like truck that was sitting in the carport that uh, was like broken down, but there was a bunch of crap like in the cab. Okay. And I remember we got, me and this, my buddy at the time, we got into the cab mm. and um, there was like matches and dry paper. and <laughs> So it's their fault. There's matches in the oh, car. Oh, totally, totally. So. <laughs> so one thing led to another. And we were playing with fire, mm. right? Play with fire, you get burned. And uh, we threw, somehow the paper got into the bush and the thing started going up. And I remember the kid I was friends with at the time ran home. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he yeah. ditched me. He was gone. <laughs> and I remember running into the house to grab a cup of water. Because <laughs> that was going to do a whole lot. Jeez. And uh, my, I remember my parents were... Um, playing some sort of game like D&D &D or something like mm -hmm. that with their friends. And they see me just come sprinting in the house and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So I fill up a cup of water and I'm running. And of course, half of it spills all over me. And, oh, funny. Um, and then I didn't, the cup water didn't do anything. And luckily they were like paying attention. So they came and checked and they, you know, they put it out. And but what was crazy is there was a slight overhang of the bush, mm -hmm. like from the apartment building above. Okay. The building above. And there was a hoarder who lived there and his apartment was full of books. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. So if that thing would have caught, it would have like, there'd have been no stopping it. Yeah. So yeah, but luckily they got it out. I remember the fire department came and um, what was interesting about that, that building is my stepdad's grandma owned it. And I don't know if she really liked me. Oh yeah. I was a little loud kid. I mean, it was a little like tons of energy. I would scream and run around all the time. So I think I annoyed her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents thought it would be a good idea at the time, maybe if I kind of disappeared for a little while. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so I actually did second grade in Utah with oh. my great-grandma, my grandma, and my aunt. That was a period of my life where they really poured into me. And, and did you live with them at that time? I lived with my great-grandma. Okay. Yeah, and I think my mom was back and forth. So um, Gigi, you lived with Gigi. I lived with Gigi. Okay. Yeah, my Gigi lived till in her night into her nineties. So, um, I actually don't think I knew that about you that you actually lived with her. Yeah, I actually lived with her, oh. and um, I mean they all poured into me a lot. My grandma especially. Mm -hmm. um, she was a big influence during that time. So, and then my aunt, um, which is like my big sister, she's actually only like five years older than me. Mm -hmm. Would you know, pick on me and dress me up and do all the things that older siblings she, do. So. She's so great. Yeah, she's she's hilarious. Or she thinks she's funny. She is funny. <laughs> she thinks she's funny, but she's picking on me at least. She's so. funny and witty. She's yeah. great. So then from there, um, I moved after, uh, sorry, strange noises in the neighborhood. After uh, that grade, I moved back to California. And that was because? Well, I was only, I mean, obviously my mom wasn't there. I was only in Utah temporarily mm -hmm. to kind of, I think, let the bad juju blow over. Um, so to speak. So I uh, moved back to California from grade three to five. Um, and again, during this whole time, my parents were doing drugs. And I remember my mom, my stepdad would split up and mm. we'd be, you know, at one of my mom's friend's house or 
she had a boyfriend during this time um, that we move around with a couple times. And I just remember kind of doing a lot of things on my own mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, you know, I'd go outside and play. I was a pretty imaginative kid. I had a pretty big imagination. So I would, you know, do that. My mom would do crafts with me, you know, mm-hmm. on and off. I remember we made pogs. Remember the oh, pogs? Oh, I do yeah, remember. Yeah. She made them? Oh, yeah. She would, well, she would buy blank ones. Okay. And we would do, you know, put art and whatever on them. That's so you have cool. your own custom pogs. Yeah, it was pretty cool. She's very creative. Pogs she, came out in like, what grade were, I mean, we're the same age. So they came the out 90s. in what, nine, yeah. I totally remember those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then uh, around fifth grade, uh, my parents decided around that time that I should live with my dad. Okay. So about fifth grade, I uh, moved to Arizona with my dad. He still lived in Tucson. Okay. And uh, I mean, for me, I mean, that was, I mean, I enjoyed living with my dad, you know. Uh, and just a little side note, he looks identical to his dad. And, but his dad is like, how much shorter than you? My dad's about 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> and about, John's I'm about almost... Six, I'm about six foot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his dad has like blue, blue eyes. He's got brown eyes, but yeah. anyways. Yeah, no, we got the same schnoz, the same laugh, mm-hmm. same hairline, everything, so... Um, yeah, so he, uh, I mean, it was good. I really enjoyed living with him. You know, it was just him and I, and I remember, um, he got me a pair of rollerblades because I remember up before that, (laughs) I, because at my old school back in California, people would like rollerblade and jump the stairs. And I was like, this was like when rollerblading was becoming big. I was like, oh man, I want to be a rollerblader. And, uh, he bought me a pair of rollerblades. I remember he bought me a pair of rollerblades and I would just ride those things forever. Yeah. Taught myself to roll a blade. Um, and I remember this first apartment building we lived in, which is kind of ironic because my dad, he is a super clean guy. Mm-hmm. Very clean, very okay. tidy, um, always has been. And uh, we lived in an apartment building that was infested with roaches, cockroaches. Oh it makes me want to throw up. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It was so bad that uh, in your microwave display, like where the numbers are, you could yeah. see a roach in there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. That's horrible. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> or like, in, I remember in our, our alarm clock, it was the same thing. Like you see the display and there'd be a roach in there. Oh gosh. Oh, was... I'm like, seriously, on the verge of puking. <laughs> that's that's. Gross. I remember, I remember because when we left, my dad threw away like everything that he could, oh, that yeah. we could afford to throw away. Yeah. So, um, just because the, the entire apartment building was infested with roaches. So like how far, like how long were you living in the apartment when you, when that like infestation basically? So I basically did fifth grade there. Okay. If I remember correctly, just about fifth grade. And I remember we moved, um, to a, uh, moved into a manufactured home. So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. not like a trailer, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. they're like the nicer semi-mobile homes kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. We lived in this big, uh, big, uh, it was like a massive uh, community. Hmm. Yeah, and there were some, so we lived there and it was great. Like there was tons of space where we could run around. There was like, you know, washes and. Um, so kind of like manufactured home, like underrested or under. Like arrested development. Arre- yeah, sorry. I don't know. It was like underrested development. Yeah. Isn't they, that a manufactured home? They live in a manufactured home? I, Oh, not quite like that. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A little different. Um, I mean, people call them trailers, but they're not. Yeah. You know, and I mean, ours was brand new. The whole community was brand new. It was really nice. Mm. Um, it was a big, it was a big, massive community. So, 
you know, I had friends there and everything like that. It was great. I loved living there. Great mm-hmm. friends. We'd play roller hockey a lot and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah. So, and it was great. I mean, that's when I spent a lot of time with my sister, Renee, that lived mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. And my dad. And uh, I mean, it was great. Like my dad, you know, when he wasn't working, we'd spend a lot of time together. You know, we'd go bike riding and do stuff and go to the park a lot. Sounds like a cool dude. Yeah, he was a good dad. And uh, so, yeah, so... Yeah, it was, it was good. It was so up until that point, that was kind of my life. And then he got remarried. Okay. And what was the the fifth, the fifth time, the fifth time. Okay. Uh, And it just kind of threw, that's when everything kind of just went into chaos. Mm. So she was great. She was a very nice woman. She was awesome. She was very nice to me. Mm -hmm. She had four kids. Wow. um, Two, two girls and two boys. And, she had a boy that was exactly a year older than me. He had the same birthday as me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And, uh, and then she had an older daughter and then two younger kids. And which was weird is her younger daughter had a crush on me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was great. And then her youngest boy was just, he, he was just a little psycho. Mm. I just remember he would like chase us with a knife sometime. No way. Yes. Like oh he was, he was a, he was a piece of work. I'm surprised you survived that. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Yeah. And then at some point we, we moved to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there were just different job opportunities for them, if they wanted to mix it up or whatever, but um, it was just, it was just chaos. Like her, the boy that was roughly a year older than me, like we had a mixed relationship where, I mean, we got in a couple of fist fights and mm-hmm. then we would be friends and, you know, it's like we're around the same age, oh, you know, so yes, we hung so. out a lot. So, um, but yeah, so that was kind of that, uh, that's, uh, that part of my life. Yeah. So you just so. didn't enjoy Arizona. That was not a positive. Well, up until I got remarried, I liked it fine. Yeah. <laughs> what school did you go to? Do you remember? I went to Seacrest Middle School in okay. Tucson. Okay. And then when we lived in Arizona, we lived in Tempe. Yeah. And I don't remember what school we went to. Yeah. It was some a middle school. Oh, okay. Because we were there roughly about a year. Because I actually started high school in, in, in Arizona. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then my, uh, my dad and my stepmom at the time split up. Okay. So we moved to Utah. Back home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just... You know, looking back on it, it was just a crazy time mm-hmm. where, you know, you're young, you know, in that middle school age, kind of yeah. like you, where you're just trying to figure out life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one thing I forgot to mention is back in elementary school, I got diagnosed with ADD. Okay. ADD, I don't know if I, ADD and ADHD, if you can have both. <laughs> but I was a standard kid. I mean, I had tons of energy. I was just always running around. And I remember they actually put me on Ritalin for a little while. Okay. But I developed a, I don't know if it's an arrhythmia or an irregular heartbeat. It oh, messed with me. I didn't know that. So yeah, they actually took me off of it. I mean, back in that day and age, I feel like they were diagnosing everybody with that. Yeah. You know, that's true. and I still like they do to a certain extent and I won't go into that tangent, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I was just. So let's, let's talk a little bit more, more about that relationship with your, um, your stepbrother, I guess. Sure. And just maybe what the dynamic of of that relationship, why you guys really didn't like get along or. Um, well, I mean, around that time, 
my entire life was turned upside down, mm-hmm. right? You know, up until that time, it was just my dad and I, and, um, you know, it was what I got used to. I had good friends, you know, uh, I mean, I was close to their families and everything like that. So, and it just threw my life into chaos. Yeah. And, um, it was a new crowd that I didn't understand. It was a different life. You know, um, they lived much more in a rough neighborhood in Tucson mm. Okay, and they grew up very differently than me, you know? Um, and I just remember I tried to, you know, fit in with the new crowd, which was my step family at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember I would lie or exaggerate to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh. That's how I tried to fit in with people at that time. I mean, yeah. I, was a, I was in middle school, mm-hmm. you know, and that continued on to high school where I would exaggerate things to try and seem cooler than I was. And, th- and looking back on it, there was probably, everybody was probably doing that yeah. to a certain extent, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. you're in high school. Well, people still do it to this day. Oh, people, yeah. People still do it to this day mm-hmm. where you're trying to fit in or be cool or, you know, whatever. But I mean, a lot of it is we were young kids, you know, and mm-hmm. we scrapped, so to speak. Um, I remember one fight we got into was, I think he insulted my dad. <laughs> really? Of course, we're like, Rawr! we got into a fight. Uh-huh. Um, and another time we got into a fight over a video game. Okay. This is, we were young boys. Yeah. A lot of testosterone pumping. <laughs> I'm better than you. No, I'm not. You want to fight? Yeah. <laughs> well, That's fought. how those started? That's how they started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, <laughs> you're young kids being stupid. So, um, anyway, so, yeah. So then they split up. We moved to... Uh, Salt Lake, mm-hmm. where it's where my dad's brother lived. Okay. And that's, uh, I went to school for probably not even a year. Oh, about a year, I think. No, not even a year. In Tooele? No, in Salt Lake. Oh, in Salt Lake. I'm sorry. I was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember because for some reason in Salt Lake, ninth grade, and a lot of Utah, ninth grade is still middle school. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where in the rest of the freaking planet, you go to ninth grade, you go to high school. Yeah. So I remember going into high school for a split second in Arizona, then coming down or coming up to Salt Lake and then going back. Oh, it was just, I didn't like it. Yeah. It was a bad, bad time. Well, bad you're, time. yeah, you're everywhere. Yeah. So then uh, my, my dad tried to sort things out with his wife mm-hmm. at the time. So he moved back to Arizona. Okay. And then I moved to Tooele with my mom. So when your dad moved to Arizona, you moved to Tooele? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it was around this time that shortly before this all went down, my mom and my stepdad uh, got clean. Okay. They Good. got uh, basically in trouble with the cops. Mm-hmm. They got a little raid on their house. And, but it was probably the best thing for them. Yeah. You know, because after that, they got clean. They never did drugs again. Um, and again, I tried to, I touched on that in a previous episode, but my mom, uh, they threatened to take away her kids away and that was it. Mm-hmm. She was like on the straight and narrow from that point. Yeah. Got like a bunch of jobs. She was only on parole for like six months. And, uh, it's impressive. Yeah. It was, it was really impressive. Um, and yeah, I just was And our relationship was interesting because she was trying to make up for lost time, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, at that point, you know, my sister was older. My, how old was she? Do you remember? Um, I was about, Four, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. So she was about nine, 10. Oh, okay. And then my other brother entered the mix. Mm. My little brother, Timmy. Yeah. Timmy. And yeah, he was young. He was like two to three. Oh, wow. So yeah. yeah, he probably doesn't remember any of this. Very little, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I was entering high school 
finally, I was in the big high school in ninth grade. And, you know, I was just kind of got involved with all the wrong crowds. Mm. You know how that is. So what does that mean? You got like, in what ways did you get involved with the wrong crowds? Well, I became friends with a guy. His name is David. Okay. And I mean, he had a rough life as well. Mm -hmm. Um, His parents are divorced. You know, I don't know how well his relationship was with his dad. I think he lived with his grandmother at the time as well, him and his dad. And um, I got involved with doing drugs, you know, pretty minor drugs, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But I started drinking and uh, smoking pot. Mm. Um, And I did that for about a year into my sophomore year. Yeah, it just, there's no little rhyme or reason. It mm-hmm. was just, you know, to fit in what's what you're doing and then you kind of just caught up into it and then you enjoy it. And I mean, there were some funny moments. Yeah. Like, was, I, sorry, go ahead. I just was going to say, I remember laughing. Because mm. I mean, when you get high, you know, when you're a young kid, that's all you do is laugh. <laughs> and I remember food tasted so good. <laughs> oh, is that why some people are a little heavier when they're doing pot? Well, you eat everything and everything just tastes amazing. <laughs> And then you eat the same food when you're, when you're sober. You're like, this is garbage. <laughs> is it because you're so hungry? Possibly. Maybe. Um, was there anything about like the drugs or alcohol that kind of filled a void and get, like gave you some pee, like just you were able to escape, do you think? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, up until that point, I was moving around, doing different things. And I mean, you don't fully understand your life. Yeah. I mean, you're still trying to figure it out. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know, mm-hmm. you know, probably, yeah, you know, um, do you, up I mean, to that point, I just bounced around a lot. It just seemed like, so, yeah, I mean, there was really nothing up to that point that you could control. If you think about it, you no. know, you were, yeah. it wasn't, there was no choice in the matter for you. I mean, did they ever ask you, do you want to go back? Live with yeah. Your mom? I mean, they, they had a fairly good relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Obviously not good enough because I split up, but, um, but yeah, they were totally, you know, fine with each other and they let me choose. Oh, okay. They let me choose. They never Mm -hmm. forced me to go anywhere and, um, anything like that. So, Mm. yeah. So I, uh, during that time was smoking a lot of pot, being Mm. a little punk kid and, um, my mom and my stepdad, they had just come out of their own horrible experience with drugs. Mm -hmm. So it, uh. I think they were still trying to figure out how to, I think they're trying to get their bearings with everything. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, and I remember during that time I had two really horrible experiences with smoking pot. This Hmm. was around the time I stopped smoking pot. Okay. Well, quick question. Were you doing like still taking Ritalin or any, no, No, so you weren't taking any. I I stopped taking that when I was younger. Okay. When I was little, uh, cause it messed with my heart. So, but I remember two really horrible experiences. Um, and whether, whether the pot was laced or it was just the type of marijuana it was, I don't mm-hmm. know. So I remember the first experience was I was, um, we were smoking one night at a buddy's house. And I remember we were smoking out of a bong okay. called Lehman the Demon. Oh my gosh. It was stupid. <laughs> Anyways. And I was super, super high. And I remember my buddy looked over at me and he insulted me. I never, I'll never forget the insult because it's so stupid. Mm. He's like, John, I've always wanted to tell you something. I'm like, what? And he's like, you look like a wiener. (laughs) And I remember I just lost it. I flipped out. Yeah. And 
I just remember I took off into the night, so to speak. Um, like literally took off into the yeah, night. Yeah, I ran like, into the darkness. Oh, okay. So I didn't know where I was going. And I remember I was so high that I ran into like a chain link fence that was like covered in ivy. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize that I ran into a damn fence. And I just remember like I was trying to push past it with all my might. Mm. Um, like I was on all fours and all this other kind of stuff. And I was getting cut up in the bushes and everything. Mm. Um, I actually remember crying out to God during that point. Really? I don't remember what I said or whatever. Yeah. I just remember, you know. Um, anyway, so somehow I got over the fence, lost a shoe. <laughs> lost You remember? I yeah, lost a I shoe. Yeah, I remember. I may have lost both of them. I don't remember. But I remember somehow I got home. Hmm. And I woke up the next day and I had a bunch of cuts and bruises all over me. Were there any questions? No. No. No, somehow I snuck into my house. Um, my parents, maybe they did know. I don't know. Yeah. They never asked me about it. I'd be like, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not even been that late, that late. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it just, I remember that point because it really messed with me. Mm. Um, they messed with my sense of reality. Oh, yeah. That's scary. Um, and uh, and then so a few weeks went by and this one really jacked, jacked me up. And I remember getting really high again one day before school. Okay. And uh, something happened. Something, I don't remember somebody, something said or whatever, something triggered on me. Mm-hmm. But where I was smoking pot was just up the road from school, high school. And I remember going to school and I kept saying something like, you know, I'm going to be a good student from now on because I wasn't a great student. Okay. Yeah. You know, I got poor grades and all that kind of stuff. And I remember walking up to my locker and I spun the dial to grab my books and it just seemed like a spun forever. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's how, st- that's how high I was. Mm-hmm. And it just rotated. <laughs> so finally, somehow oh I got my books out and, uh, I think I, first period was already gone. At least I thought it was. Mm. Um, and my second period was English. And I remember going upstairs to my, my English class, mm-hmm. walking in, thinking it was second period. It was first still. This is all crazy. Um, everybody had their faces down and they were reading. So somehow I snuck into the classroom without my teacher noticing. What? Yeah. And so I sat down and I like looked around, see what they were doing, opened my, my book. And I was like, I'm going to be a good student. I'm going to be a good student. And I remember the bell rang and I just sat there because I realized it was first period. And, uh, and I had a friend in that class um, and I had another guy who I think he was like the student body class president who was sitting in front of me at the time. But I guess I was shaking. I was mm-hmm. shaking really bad. Okay. Um, I remember him offering me his sweater because he thought I was cold. Oh, how nice. I yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I was like, no, I'm good. But what was crazy is during that time, mentally, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it an attack necessarily mm-hmm. from, you know, the enemy or whatever you want to call it, but I had the worst self-image of myself, what I was mm. imagining myself. Mm. It was gross. It was disgusting. Um, and it just really, it just, it was just messing with me. It was really odd. Yeah. It was very strange. Mm. And so that hit you really strong just in that moment. Oh yeah. It was horrible. I'll mm. never forget it. And, uh, and then they, and then uh, the guy in front of me or something realized something was wrong with me. So he told the teacher. Mm-hmm. And so, which was interesting is the teacher didn't call like the nurse or whatever. She called the, the police, the school uh, police officer oh, immediately, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure. Mm-hmm. So maybe she, she knew I was high. I don't know. I, yeah. I think they maybe thought I was on meth. 
because I was oh. shaking so bad. Oh. Um. Anyway, so uh, they took me down to the office, called my mom. My mom came and got me. I'll never forget this. This was, I, I think just because of my mom's own journey, this mm-hmm. is the kind of mom she was. I remember her picking me up, of course, yelling at me. Like, I remember her, she grabbed my arm so bad I had a bruise on my arm where oh. she grabbed me. And then she took me to McDonald's and got me a Big Mac. <laughs> She's like, I know he'll be hungry, yeah, so let's so, just go here. And then, of course, um, she got me food, went home, and I got in trouble and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. I remember you you talking about, on you know, your Mother's, the Mother's Day episode, about how your mom, one thing that you really learned from your mom was just the tenacity that she mm. carried with her and how you... That was something that you really gained from her. It really was. And because she was like, you know, why can't you just have learned from my journey, you know, to not do these things? Oh, wow. And I knew I was never going to touch any hard drugs. Mm -hmm. I just knew that. It just wasn't for me. Clearly, I, I I was the type of person that had the imagination that I would chop off my own fingers if I was like an acid or something. Yeah. Like you hear about the horrible stuff. I would have been that guy. I, uh... Yeah, so that was kind of my experience. I did. I never smoked pot again after that. Ever? So no, I never smoked it again. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I did ingest it one other time, and if we have time, I'll tell that story because it was just as horrible. Uh, that was just a dumb moment as well. I just think your body re- is like was is like trying to reject it, but you can't because well, you've weird. already. Yeah. yeah. So whether it was the type of pot I was smoking, it was just the way my body responded. I don't know if that's an actual thing. Um, but it seemed to, at least towards the end, it seemed to speed me up, not slow me down. Because pot, pot is a is a downer. Yeah. So it slows you down, you know, makes you silly, that type of thing. Where meth, cocaine, that's, that's an upper. Okay. So, but it, uh, my body responded to me like it was an upper because I was shaking. That's Again, crazy. whether it was the type of pot, whether it was laced, I don't know to this day. So, yeah. anyways, so lo and behold, I stopped smoking pot. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and I kind of just uh, went a different way with friends. Um, my buddy, who kind of introduced me all that, kind of went a different way. He was getting into a lot of trouble. He went to juvie. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting new friends, thank God. Yeah. So, um, and uh, and I remember, I think it was around 15 or 16, I got introduced to raves, rave culture. Okay, okay. Techno music. Bounce, <laughs> bounce. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, that's, and that's really where I wouldn't say my life changed, mm-hmm. but it was definitely altered after that point. Okay. So like how were raves such a positive experience for you? You know, you said. Well, so I had a different group of friends. They didn't mm-hmm. really smoke pot. Um, I mean, we would drink, but they were much better in school. They were just much better influences. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, Channing and Greg. Oh, were my friends okay. that I kind of got involved with. And I had another friend who, who I would party with from time to time back in the day who was still one of my friends. His name was Kyle, mm. a.k.a. Pinga. 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 <laughs> um, who, they were just better influences on my life. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously still not perfect, but it was better than it was. And I got a new group of friends and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, we went to, I remember the very first rave we ever went to, I'll never forget this. It was in an abandoned mine up in Park City. Okay. And uh, there was like a ton of people in this small area, way more people than should have been in this area. And I just will never forget the music, the experience, the energy that came from the room. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember it just changed my life in terms of 
and for the next five years, I mean, I was around 16. I remember I, uh, I got a fake ID after that point so I could go to raves. Not so I could buy beer, but so I could go to raves. Nice. Um, so how, sorry, how old were you at this point? I think it was about 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I love the music. Hmm. I'd never done, I have never have and probably never will do ecstasy or acid or anything mm -hmm. like that. I just loved the music and I love to dance. Well, even, even to this day, you still love it. I still love it. Yeah. Like I would, I would go to the club just the to club dance, to dance. Or the abandoned. Well, what's crazy is this was around the time when it was all underground still. And now it's not like it is today where these massive festivals and where it's widely accepted. And this was all underground. We were meeting in abandoned mines mm -hmm. or um, abandoned warehouses and or out in the middle of nowhere in yeah. the woods dancing to techno music. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see that. Yeah. It was, I mean, that's part of what it was. It was part of the journey. So. Mm. Okay. So that so. was when you were 15 or 16. Yep. And then kind of what was the transition from that to the end of? High school. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I hated high school. I didn't okay. like high school. I, for whatever reason, felt I was on a different maturity level. Okay. Because I was thinking about stuff outside of high school. And looking back on it now, I was a little punk kid. I mean, I was probably not much different than everybody else, but just because my my family had gone through the things had gone through and everything like that, I thought that I was beyond high school. And okay. just the experiences, I think, with the whole pot thing, the way it radically changed me, I was like, ugh, high school, I'm too cool for high school. <laughs> but I was a punk. Like, I didn't go to school. Mm. And I didn't graduate because of it. Because mm. um, I would skip class so much. and So you, like, just didn't have the credits to graduate? Or you just... Yeah. just okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't have the credits to graduate. So um, I remember I remember my stepdad, he's like, if you're not going to go to school, you're going to have to get a job. Mm -hmm. Which That's was probably fair. which was probably good for me. Mm -hmm. So um, so I was working a lot. And uh, then as time went on, I remember I just, I wanted to do something else in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a, I was a working at KFC at the time. And I went through their management training program, which is actually really good. Hmm. And I became uh, uh, a co-manager, kind nice. of like an assistant manager of a KFC, but I was working stupid hours. Yeah. We were, we would work paid salary and we would work at least 55 hours a week. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And I remember the first store I was the co-manager at, I was working 90 hours. There's only, 90 hours? Basically, I would go to work. Mm-hmm. Go home, sleep, get up and do it all over again. That was my, that was my life for that a while. That was your life. Wow. And uh, I just, through different experiences, I got into a really bad car accident during this time. Um, I didn't know if I knew that. Yeah. So I was actually living up in Heber and uh, I uh, was coming back from Salt Lake one night and it was snowing mm -hmm. and I was going way too fast and I had a fast little car at the time. And I was slowing down and switching lanes and the back of my car broke free and it swerved and I hit a uh, reflector sticking on the side of the car and rolled my car down the freeway. What? Yeah. You have never told me that. Yeah. I haven't. No. I have pictures of it. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and they, even that kind of changed my life a little mm -hmm. bit, which is kind of funny. I remember there was like this little bubble around where I was sitting mm. in the car. There was like no damage. I had a small scratch on my hand. That's all that happened to me. And um, they were just, you know, they were like, you're lucky to not yeah. be more severely hurt were, or dead. Did you have your seatbelt on? Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so 
I rolled my car, went down the freeway. I was all jacked up. Um, but even that, like we're talking about tenacity. My mom taught me maybe subconsciously at the time where my dad taught me this too. It's like, you just have to do what you have to do in life. Mm. And whether that's go to work, do your responsibilities. And that was, my dad was the same way. Like he always paid his child support. You know, he wasn't a deadbeat dad. You know, mm. he didn't do any of those things. He was, you know, obviously he lived in a separate state, but when, you know, he did his responsibilities he needed to do. And I mean, he'd call me and, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. But I remember I had to go back to work and I had to drive mm. by myself. Yeah. I drove this rickety old little truck. <laughs> it was an old Ford Ranger. I loved that truck. Mm. And uh, yeah, and I had to drive up back up the canyon here in Utah, going from Salt Lake up into the canyon, drive up. Uh, the 80, oh, Parley's Canyon. And it's a big, it's a yeah, big canyon. It's a huge canyon. I remember getting in an accident one time in there. And then, uh, I mean, it's now it's nothing because I do it, done it for the past five years every day, basically. But at the time, yeah, it was, it was hard. Mm. It was very hard. It was scared. I was terrified. Yeah. But I had to do it. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, and I just, I came to a point where, um, you know, I moved back to Twilla after bouncing around between a couple stores. I got it. I left companies. I went to Albertsons. I was working at Albertsons. Okay. And I just realized I wanted something different for my life. Because I didn't yeah. want to be where, because I could make a lot of money mm-hmm. being a co-manager. I just didn't want, that wasn't the only thing I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I didn't want to just sell chicken. Mm. I mean, it was a good company. It was a good job, but it was just yeah. working so many hours. Like why work all that if you don't have any time to enjoy it? Or you're not really getting, you're, you know, do you want to move up in the KFC that was the industry thing. That or? was the thing. like if I really wanted to do that my entire life. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So around that time, I uh, wanted to go to college, and but I didn't have a high school d- diploma. So I went back and I got my GED and I graduated from high school. Way to go, babe. Thanks, baby. Mm-hmm. So the test was there and they were just like, well, you're pretty close to actually getting like your actual diploma. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. So I took, you know, whatever I needed to do and did that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So then I uh, moved away to college. So where did you go? Oh, geez. Where did I go? So I went to a photography school in California, Santa Barbara, you, California. Why did you decide to do photography? Photography was one of the few things that I actually showed interest in in high school, mm-hmm. that and computers. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I went to photography school in Santa Barbara. Um, and it was one of the best times in my life. You know, just having such a, a rickety time in high school mm. between not going, doing well in school to dealing with drugs, to partying and drinking, all that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't really like high school, mm. but I loved mm-hmm. college. I loved college. Yeah. I, in, in every, all of some of the most important life altering things happened to me in college. I had amazing friends in college mm. um, where I'm still friends with most of them today. Yeah. I, um, met just yeah it was just it was a great time i loved most all of it school was hard school was really hard yeah but it was still a great time it was a fantastic time i think when you have friends that are able to kind of go through those those moments with you it makes and positive uplifting friends that were not just bums right Mm -hmm. and uh that pushed you and all those kind of things so I would say the big thing that happened is I found Jesus. Mm. I got saved. It's a big, um, a big moment. Yeah, in uh, in sc- in college. So. And how did how did that come about? So I kind of touched on this in um, the Big Why episode oh, of yeah. ours, mm-hmm. where we talk about how we became believers. Um, but I had a buddy who introduced me to a guy who sat outside of Starbucks with me 
for five or six hours mm. and just chatted about life. Yeah. And um, that just started this journey to think differently about life, want more out of life, look deeper into life. Mm. Um, and uh, was yeah. there anything in that conversation that made you think, wow, this is different than just like religion that, that Kenny said? Was yeah. I mean, the big thing was, is I remember telling him, I said, maybe one day I'll become, you know, I'll love Jesus or become a Christian or whatever. And uh, when I get my life cleaned up mm-hmm. and I, I mean, to this point and Kenny, I just remember Kenny saying to me, he's like, that's not, he's like, you're never going to have your life perfect. Mm. You know, he's like, none of us are perfect. Yeah. He's like, I'm all jacked up, you know? Um, and I just remember it was that type of conversation that he was just honest and real. Mm-hmm. And he accepted me for exactly who I was. He didn't okay. try and change me. And I remember even during the time after I got saved during those initial years, like, I don't remember this, but mm-hmm. supposedly we would be partying and drinking and we would call him at like two in the morning. <laughs> Deb told me that one time. She's like, <laughs> we were, she's like, it was two in the morning. John called, called, called us, answered the phone and he asked us what we were doing. And I had to tell him that we have small kids, you know, can't like you that. can't, you can't be calling us. <laughs> oh, yeah. the life of a. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the life of a youth pastor. So he, uh, and that's what it was. They just accepted all of us for where we were. Mm. And, but they didn't just let us stay where we were. They mm. challenged our thought processes, our, what we thought about the world. They encouraged us to, you know, read things and dive into things. And yeah. um, that was the best thing, you know? So, cause it allowed me to find my own faith, yeah. you know, through that a lot. So. And I got to, I mean, even just, being married to you and even before we were married, getting to meet them and they're mm. very caring and unique people. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, uh, that journey changed my life. It, uh, it set me on the path that I, that I have today. It set me, it helped me become the person that I am today. So mm. yeah, it just, uh, it changed everything for me. That's so awesome. You know, it, there was, there was life change. There was healing. I remember, I think I touched this in that other episode, but I remember during the beginning, during worship, we'd be playing worship and I would just be crying the whole Mm. time because God was just coming in and changing and healing and revealing things to me. Yeah. um, That had led up to that point. Mm. So was there anything specifically, I know I've like kind of sort of asked that already, but like, Anything specifically that they helped you look at the world differently or worked at or looked at your situation, your past, your history differently than you 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 had never looked yeah, at it? It was to not run from the pain in your life. Mm. But it was to examine it, understand it. And that they, they were the first people to help me really really realize that the things that you experienced in life shaped who you became. Mm. And up to that point, you don't really think about it a whole yeah. lot. You're kind of just floating through life. At least for me, I was kind of just floating through life, doing my thing, doing what I wanted to do. And um, they were the first people that made me realize that, you know, there, there are things in your life that happened affect you now mm-hmm. that shaped who you, who you are right now. And they helped me, you know, walk through a lot of that. It's good. A lot of stuff with my parents. Um, a lot of just different things with life and the choices that I'd made, 
and they helped me look at those things, deal with them, and set me on a path to where mm -hmm. I could continue to look at them and examine them as I got older and um, really have healthy self-reflection. That's so solid. Yeah. I would say because of them, I mean, because of them and because of my aunt and different influences in my life, I'm, I try to be pretty self-reflective even now, mm. you know, just to examine things I'm doing or, you know, what have you. So, yeah. So, uh, it changed everything. It was, it was part of the fantastic times in life. You know, I remember we, one thing I'll never forget is going to photography school. We went, to, we went on a lot of trips. Mm-hmm. We yeah. went on a lot of trips. And, uh, but this one trip is I had a, I, one of my friends, her dad owned a bar in Cabo San Lucas. Awesome. So we went down there and it was a fantastic trip. You know, Cabo is beautiful. Um, so you're sitting on the beach, you're, you know, you're having a beer, you're having great food the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever been in Cabo. It's, yeah. it's really pretty. I mean, mm -hmm. it's very resorty, but since her dad knew it so well and he set up in this set up in this great little spot that wasn't on the resorts. It was in the town. Mm. And remember we took a bus to um, a place called La Paz, which is just up the coast. Mm -hmm. And it was just absolutely beautiful. It almost looked like a San Francisco, the way the oh, city was built. Really? Huh. Yeah. And remember we went to um, uh, some beaches that were just absolutely beautiful. You could see through the water um, and they had little like shacks that would sell you drinks. Oh. So you could mm -hmm. like, I remember walking up and down the beach with a beer and just... Having a lot of self-reflection time. <laughs> nice. Um, that's so cool. You know, I think those relationships during college are really important. You know, they make college or school what it, what it is or what it could be. Um, that's so great. Adventures are always, they make life. Yeah. Better. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was kind of my journey up until that point. Okay. So then you did college and you went, did you go back home? Okay. So I graduated college mm -hmm. um, in 2008, I mm -hmm. believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Graduated college in 2008 and uh, I didn't want to leave Santa Barbara mm. because I had developed all these amazing relationships and Santa Barbara is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's this great little like um, beach town that's there and everything. Uh, yeah. And I didn't, uh, I uh, didn't want to leave. Mm. And I remember uh, out of school, I had this one really horrible job. I ended up getting another job at Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay. I worked there for about a year and uh, I made some poor relationship choices when I was there. Okay. I dated a girl who was a quote unquote Christian. And our lives did not reflect that whatsoever. Mm. Excuse me. But it was good. It was good that uh, I got to experience those things, you know, because it helped me continue to understand my faith and understand where I was and um, really explore those things and what it really meant to walk those things out. Because mm. it's one thing to say you believe and you are these things, but it's another thing to walk it out. Absolutely. Yeah. So that relationship was ended. And then speaking of all this, I actually then got into a relationship of about two and a half years with another girl at Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> okay. who was not a believer. Oh. And uh, that was an interesting journey because it was, 
you know, during that time, you're like, okay, well, these people with other faiths, with different faiths, have made it work and all sort of kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. that's for me, it was a very defining relationship because I had to decide what kind of Christian I wanted to be. Mm, yeah. Did I want to be just kind of a lukewarm cultural Christian? Like, oh, sure, I'm a Christian, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or did I actually want to walk out the things um, that uh, I wanted to believe? And uh, I'm sure that was like a crossroad moment for you. It was huge. I mean, it still took me two and a half years mm. to figure it out. Well, but it was, uh, I mean, it was good. You know, it, uh, that relationship was hard because um, I never truly could share. I mean, we talked about it, but I could never truly share or, or explain to her what it was like um, being a believer in that part of my life. Mm. There was always a part of her I could never share with her because on the surface, everything was great. We were yeah. two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. But this massive part of my life, she just didn't get. Yeah. I mean, you hear stories about that, you know, hear people married and that's kind of their situation. And for you to experience that before marriage is huge. Yeah. And you made the decision that you did. Yeah. And thank God I did. So uh, we want to take a quick break just to thank you for uh, listening to Confessions of Us. You can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Head over there, leave a review. Um, follow, subscribe, do all the things you need to do. Uh, We just want to thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to share with your friends and family so they can uh, join us on this journey. Yep. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. So yeah, after that, I, after school ended and I spent some time there in Santa Barbara, I actually moved home back to Utah. I actually Mm -hmm. lived with my dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. So during this time he actually moved back up to Utah. I think him and his wife split up for good. Mm. And uh, I lived with him for about a year. Uh, I worked at a computer repair shop, mm. which was good. It was a great time. Okay. Um, I was still dating that girl. But during that time, like I was, I was dead spiritually. Mm. This big thing that was such a massive part of my life was just kind of dying, yeah. so to speak. I was very distant from God. I was, you know, just kind of working, just kind of doing whatever. I wasn't going to church at all during this mm. whole time. Um, wasn't doing anything. And then uh, the Jones, Kenny mm-hmm. and Deb, there was just a long conversation with him where he's just like, dude, you're not doing anything. Yeah. And he's like, you just sound like you're kind of dying spiritually. You're kind of lost. Jeez, they're just straightforward. Yeah. So he's like, if you want, he's like, you can come live with us. Um, and they were living in the desert of California okay. uh, outside of Palm Springs, another town called uh, Palm Desert. Okay. And uh, they were uh, high school pastors of a church there and everything. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to do anything here. Why not? So I packed up my crap, moved to California, and uh, just because you can't be around them and not have deep conversations, yeah, you know, diving into your soul, they uh, helped me realize just all that stuff I was kind of explaining earlier with that girl, it's just, it wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you can stay on this path, but what if you never get to share this part of your life with her? And I was like, yeah. oh, you know, or what if she, you know, it's just one of those things that you just had to let her go. And, mm-hmm. and I think she's better off now for it. I think... I mean, I don't know. I think she's married and all that kind of crap, but, but it was, it was better for both of us, you know, yeah. cause that's, what's hard with relationships, right? Is you get so invested that you don't want to go through the, the pain of, of breaking up or splitting yeah, up, absolutely. but it was the best thing mm-hmm. for me. So we broke up and, uh, it was good. It was hard. It was really hard. Um, and me, the being has been the longest relationship at that point that I'd ever been in. Um, Real quick. Tell me, if you can tell me in like just a little bit, what does it look like to be spiritually dead? Oh, gosh. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously we can't, we don't have time to go into that depth, but can you like touch on that? Okay. So when you decide to give your life to Jesus, there was a relationship that ensues Mm. because Jesus didn't come to introduce a new religion. He came to uh, fix a broken relationship. So good. And, you know, with that relationship, you know, and this is something you kind of discover and you work out in your, your walk with God is, but there's a relationship aspect, just like there is in the physical world, so to speak. You know, you hang out, you talk to each other, you tell each other things, you know, all those types of things. It's kind of a similar respect with God, mm. right? You spend time with him, you know, you pray, obviously you're reading his words, his words to you essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all these things. And I wasn't doing any of that. Mm. I wasn't even in community. Um, that would help me do any of that. Cause that was also the hard thing with leaving California is, and the first time as I left some of the most amazing community I've ever had in my life, mm. you know, cause you're young, you're around each other a lot. You're, you're pursuing this big thing together. Um, and uh, of course it helps you just in so many ways. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, it just, I had zero relationship with God. Yeah, I hadn't prayed, I wouldn't, whatever. I was so hmm. far from him. I was super deep into porn at that time. Um, and all those things just drive a bigger wedge hmm. between you and God. Yeah. So, yeah. Good explanation. Hopefully that was good. Yeah, that was good. Um, okay, so you're living in the desert and doing ministry with Kenny and Deb. Yeah, so right? I got involved with the, the church there with them, obviously. Um, doing high school ministry and working and all that kind of stuff, just kind of living life. And uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, I worked for a photographer out there. Mm, um, okay. His name is Phil Cordova. Look him up if you're <laughs> if you're in that area. He's a fantastic photographer. Um, and uh, that was good too because he actually worked at the same church as I did. Oh, yeah. And I did I did a mission trip with him, and he does. Uh, he partners with churches and stuff in Mexico. And they help build dwellings for yeah. families down there. Another thing you've never told me. Yes, so I that's have. interesting. I've told you that. No, you have not. Okay, I guess I have. <laughs> so just a, it's just a fantastic dude. Um, yeah, so just hanging out, living life, doing things out there. Got into just a not great relationship. It was another, she was a quote unquote believer. And she was, but she was figuring out her own stuff. Mm. And um, it just wasn't good. Yeah. You know, we were, wasn't healthy. wasn't where we wanted to be. You know, we, we let someone's basically set us up, but we weren't right for each other. Mm. Um, but it was all good. I mean, it, uh, it was another learning experience. And then, uh, yeah, I was working for a company where this was actually a really fun experience time in my life where, yeah. uh, it was a company that they basically built really high end resorts okay. where it was like a really nice golf course. And then they'd build like a clubhouse and a pool and it was like super high end. Mm. And they didn't even have a sign out front where this resort was. You had just had to just know where it was. What? Yeah. So like, and we had everybody and I worked on their valet and transportation team. It was awesome. Like mm. this is how I knew it was like, I was parking Ferraris and Bentleys Fancy. and, you know, Lamborghinis and all sorts of cars. A lot of, uh, uh, is it Bentley? I think, I mean, they're fancy cars, but we parked so many. It was like nothing at that point. So mm. So we were doing all those things. It was just, it was just, uh, it was just a great, great experience. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of came to a point where everybody was kind of leaving the desert. That club actually closed down 
okay. during, um, during the summer because it was just too hot. Oh. Huh. Yeah. So, but they had another club in North Carolina hmm. that was opening up. Mm-hmm. because uh, in the summer it was beautiful. In the winter it was snowing. So kind of the flip-flop of what was happening in the desert. Mm. So yeah, I went and lived there for eight months. Okay. Um, well, I had a two, actually had two opportunities. I could have gone to Montana. Oh. Um, or they had, they had a club there, or I could have gone to North Carolina. Okay. And I remember my actually talking to my grandma, the wise woman that she is, said to me, you know, I was kind of telling her, I don't really know where to go, whatnot. And she's like, you should go where you're going to be more dependent on God. Oh, wow. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm moving all the way across the country. So hmm. drove out there. It was a great experience. You know, there was, you know, I mean, I wasn't perfect or whatever, but, uh, and I had some bad decisions I made out there, but overall it was a fantastic experience. Loved working on their golf team. Hmm. Um, yeah. Who was that person? Some famous guy you met out there? Oh, well, during the time at that company, I met a lot of people. Mm. I met uh, Phil Jackson. Oh, that's right. The okay. coach of the Bulls and the Lakers at the time. I met Joe Buck. He was a f- sports announcer. Um, I mean, I saw um, Phil uh, Mickelson, the golfer. I'm yeah, like I think you told name. me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually had a great conversation with Ben Crane, who's a golfer. Mm. Um, I drove him to the airport one time. He actually gave me his number. What? No yeah, way. Yeah. Super cool dude. Super cool dude. Um, and uh, Bill Clinton. I mean, he wasn't a president at the time, came no, to the club. No, yeah. he did not. Yeah, and he still had, uh, like, still had, like, a level of, you know, security detail and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, like, everybody came to that club. And it was actually right across the street from Coachella, the big music oh, festival that yeah, happens yeah. in the desert. We were right next to it. You could hear it from the club. And then, so there was famous people coming all the time that would come over and have dinner or hang out at the pool or... So cool. Yeah, it was pretty random. But then... Um, yeah, up at the, uh, the club in North Carolina, like I, um, I can't remember his name, but it's the coach of uh, Alabama, the football team. Hmm. Uh, I I can, I'm blanking on his name, but I, I met him um, and some other people. That uh, yeah, it was, but it was a good experience. It was beautiful. Mm. The cl- yeah. the the golf course was on top of a mountain, Smoky mm. Mountains there in North Carolina, um, and it was just it was incredible. It was mm. so beautiful, just. Uh, yeah. And it was that one that closed down or the one in Calf, the Palm Desert? Which one the was one it? The one in Palm Desert closed down in the summer. Okay. Yeah. So then uh, that kind of time was coming to an end and I could have gone back to California or do something else. And uh, I was like, you know, I haven't been to Utah in forever. I hadn't been home in like 10 years. Well, I, I was home for a year, but I was so distant from everybody. Mm, yeah. Um, I was like, I really haven't been home in so long. I was like, I'm going to see if I can get a job there. So I got a job there. Or I got a job here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the rest of that is kind of history. Moved back home. And then within that year, I met you. That was the first, the first I think you probably yeah, told me within that. Yeah, the first but, year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I met you. And then, you know, sometime later we got married. Had babies. Had a couple of babies. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so that's kind of um, my life. And... That's kind of my journey up until now. I kind of just went through some things, but I, I covered a lot of ground. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that wasn't too long, but it just, it's just crazy looking back on how God, you know, just directed my life and how listening to him, willing to sacrifice things. I got to experience a lot of things, willing to walk away from bad situations, mm, Yeah. which is really good. That takes courage and 
Yeah. And obviously all that brought me to you and going through some of those bad situations, which I don't recommend for everybody, <laughs> allowed me to recognize the person that you are um, and allows, allowed me to recognize what was standing in front of me. Mm, good, babe. Thanks. Yeah, that was good. Huh? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we end this puppy? Um, I just want to say is like, your story is so powerful and to be so proud and, and mm. to realize that there's so much depth to who you are um, that's sometimes hidden beneath the surface, mm. but you have, you have so much to, to add and you have so much value to bring to the world, to people around us um, that no one else can. Mm. And so I just, I do want to finish with that. Oh, thanks, babe. You're welcome. Yeah, no, my story is definitely a story of redemption of from death to life, as I like to say, Yeah, you know, just, I was very lost. I was very confused to being found by Jesus mm. to where I am now. Um, I'm just eternally grateful for all the things that I've got to experience and the things that shaped me to turn me into who I am today. So, um, and obviously I didn't touch on everything. There's a lot of details that uh, we couldn't go into too deep, but so that's, those are our stories. Mm. So this is, uh, I think this is episode nine. Yeah. So this will be the end of our intro series. Um, and like I said, we kind of touched on some of the things we want to talk about. Debt, uh, my journey with pornography. Um, and then just, I think we want to do a little bit on marriage. Yeah. You know, just more deep dives into marriage. Because we briefly talked about our marriage, but just um, just about those things. So, yeah. So if you got questions about any of those topics, send them in. Yep. We'd love to answer them. Um, and uh, yeah, so. This right. has been, uh, this is John. This is Lindsay. And this is Confessions of Us. See you later. Thanks. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Confessions of Us Podcast. Also, send us any questions you may have to Confessions of Us Podcast at gmail.com.